The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Book again, looking to throw in first out. Across the middle, hits his man in stride. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Tommy Trendle, the tight end. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. The hurry up hot seat countdown continues. We are running through all of the top 25 teams in the CBS Sports 2020 preseason rankings. We are calling the authors of those previews that you can read on CBSSports.com up to the hot seat. And so now as we prepare to discuss the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, let us bring to the hot seat once again, Mr. Ben Kerchival. So Ben, the... We've talked uh, about Notre Dame at times here on this podcast as a, a program that deserves um, some recognition for the stability that it seems to have created over the last couple of years. You know, it's not a flash in the pan program anymore, but outside of the program stuff, specifically when you're looking at the 2020 season, this fighting Irish team that's going to be on the field next year, you know, what are the, the parts that are jumping out to you? Yeah, you know, maybe as the the thing, the reason for excitement about what they can do uh, in the season. It really comes down to their schedule, and this is always kind of a like it depends on what kind of a coin you're looking at here. Because with Notre Dame, there's nothing. No one feels halfway about anything when it comes to Notre Dame. Like they're either overrated or their schedule's too soft, or you know whatever it is that they remember from 20, 30 years ago that they're still continuing to say today, you know, those are things that with, with the Irish, it's like nothing ever goes halfway. But when you look at the schedule for this season, they only get three games uh, that are true road games that they go to Pitt, to Georgia tech, which if you're going to go on the road, you know, those are probably two winnable games. Although I, you know, I'm going to say that famous last words with Pat Narduzzi's Panthers, but Generally, good home schedule. You're going to get Clemson coming to South Bend. You get a couple other neutral site games with Wisconsin. Uh, I think they have another one in there as well. But really, it, it sets up where they have this good core group of guys coming back. I think the big thing for them is at skill position, uh, losing Chase Claypool, uh, losing Cole Komet, really those big-bodied pass-catching dudes. If they can get another 
group of guys to come in there and really make that offense churn, I think they're going to have a lot of success. You, know, you mentioned the recent uh, success that they've had, three straight seasons of 10-plus wins, four out of the last five seasons they've had that. So if you can just get those reloading parts in there, I think you're talking about another 10 maybe even 11 win season. And, you know, I don't want to say quietly, but kind of quietly, Notre Dame may be not an elite program, but churning out some W's. But Notre Dame's trying to be elite, whatever you want to define elite as. They're, they're trying to be the program that when they face Clemson, they can beat them. Um, yeah. And I, I, can they beat that this team? I mean, I think we all agree they're going to be good. Uh, you know, they'll be hey, – Eight and four will be a disappointing year, um, you know. So, so anything better than that, I think, would be at least an expectation. But can they be good enough to beat a Clemson? Can they be a playoff team? How close are they to that? They might be playoff caliber if they play Clemson really, really close. Here's—I don't always just want to put on the quarterback, but here's my thing with Ian Book. They get a guy who's coming back who got 3,000 yards passing, and he's a threat in the running game. Like on the stat page, he gives you those things. My thing with Ian Book is, I don't know that 2020 Ian Book is going to be any better than 2019 Ian Book. And so when you've kind of hit a ceiling, I think of what you can do offensively with your quarterback, that just puts a cap. On, on what you can do from the national landscape. Now, again, I, I, I'm sort of with you, Barton. I think they'll be good. They'll probably be like 10 win good, but are they going to be undefeated with Ian Book? And then now he's got to manage this whole new set of, of running backs and wideouts? No, I don't think they're going to be at that level yet. And what can, for all the things I think that Brian Kelly does really well, at Notre Dame, the thing that continues to frustrate me, and I'm sure it probably frustrates him, the dude turns purple like nobody else when it comes to teaching his quarterbacks, is I, he he never has quite got the guy who really will take that program to where I know ideally they want to be. So, I mean, doesn't that then fall on the responsibility of former Brian Kelly, Notre Dame quarterback, the recipient of some of those early blue-faced tirades, Tommy, Thomas, Tom, Reese, to be able to come in there? Because we do have the continuity at quarterback, but at least if you believe, like if you really want to sell yourself on the idea that Ian Book has another step, I, I guess, you know, what is your confidence that moving on from Chip Long and promoting Tom Reese to that job, you know, the limited bit of what we saw, I guess you could say was their performance against Iowa state in the bowl game. And, and offensively they were very, very good, bad game for Iowa state just sort of in general, but you know, like what's, what significance do you think that offensive coordinator, that change is going to have on the offense in general? Well, first of all, I, I think like a lot of people, I was surprised they moved on from chip long. I mean, I, I get that they had some struggles early in the season against some really good defenses. Like, you know, that Georgia game was, was, it was a, not a barn burner by any stretch. And then, uh, you know, I don't even think it was as close as the score indicated. And then obviously really fell down against Michigan. But towards the end of the year, get some weaker competition, they really started to take off. So I was surprised there. But, you know, when, when Reese comes in, you know, there might be a change in offensive coordinator. And, I, and I'm not doubting that he's going to, you know, have an impact. But, also, how much, you know, I think 
I don't know. I, I don't know that that Reese is really going to be that game changer. And maybe that's just the skeptic in me in terms of, of putting him in a position that he hasn't been in before. But there's just a little bit of, OK, I'll believe it when I see it uh, over the course of an entire season as far as Reese is concerned. Wisconsin at Lambeau, Clemson yeah. at home, USC in the Coliseum. They go two and one those three games. What's their final record? If they go two and one in that, I'm gonna take them at I'm gonna take them at eleven and one. Pretty good year. Yeah. I mean that's that that is finishing sixth in the playoff rankings, probably. Yeah, yeah. If unless like unless you set like Clemson comes to South Bend and pulls like a forty five fourteen on you. That's probably six. Um, what Maybe about, five. What about is the, there is there ahead. is there a fraction of that two and one that you think could be a, a win over Clemson? No. You know, so you don't. You do not see this Notre Dame team being capable of beating Clemson. No. It's, it's, that is not a scenario you, you're you're entertaining in your head. No. I don't even know. I don't even USC on the road is 50-50 for me. Hmm. Are we we haven't talked about the defense. Defensively, what are you hanging your hat on with this Irish team? Uh, the fact that they have some dude, they were I, I when researching this, I did not realize how banged up they were last year. Holy cow, they had a lot of injuries and yet they went out and won 11 games. But I think they have some good pieces coming back. Now obviously, uh, losing out on Julian Aquara, I mean, that's going to be really big, but they got Tariq Bracey back who uh, he's going to be one of those guys at corner who if he really takes that next step and really expands on, on his consistency, um, saw some flashes of, of really good shutdown ability last year, but I think if he can expand on that, um, I, I think that's really going to be a big help for them. And then they get a kid back, uh, Dalen Hayes, who uh, to me is probably going to be one of those real breakout stars. Like, you know how every year, every couple of years, you're like some defensive lineman gets drafted from Notre Dame and like the first, like, day one or maybe day two and you're like oh my god like this dude was an absolute monster i think dalen hayes probably going to be that next line of, of dudes like uh, coming out of south bend for there had some injury issues in the past but I, I think even though they have to replace a lot of starters up front i think they have so much depth up there that you're going to see another one of those dudes come out of the defensive line and really just have like this big breakout season, even though they're, if they're not like a first year starter, that they're really like taking that next step for the first time in 2020. All right. So defensively, then they got Nick McLeod in at cornerback grad transfer. Uh, is that the only hole that needed to be filled? Are they all settled and, and kind of across the board? There's, there's a, you know, no holes in the unit. I would say defensive back, just in general, there. I wouldn't say there are no holes. I, I just think they're they're breaking in a lot of kind of new like full time starters. I think they had depth uh, in the defensive backfield in 2019. You're you're just talking about guys who are really going to start being those you know 12, 13 game type of starters thing, uh, barring injury. So I wouldn't say they they don't have holes. I just would say I, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of new faces, but. You know, one thing with Brian Kelly's program in general that they they've actually done a pretty good job with is they really have developed, I think, a lot of depth across the board. Uh, where again, you'll you'll see these guys who are role players for, 
you know, one, two, maybe even three years. And then by the time they're like juniors and seniors, they really start to, to break in to these full-time starter roles. So again, I, I just, I think you're going to find guys who are, you know, probably have a lot more breakout seasons, even though we haven't heard from them a whole lot in the past, you know, one or two years. He is Ben Kerchival. You can follow him on Twitter at Ben Kerchival, and he has been relieved from the hot seat. Ben, thank you very much. Oh, thank God. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>